0: This Gospel message is brought to you by the Redeemed Christian Church of God, Fountain of Love, Aberdeen, UK. Open your heart to receive this life-changing Word of God. Topic titled, The Art of Receiving. It's, it's a strange title, but I hope you will get a grasp of it as I go on. The Art of Receiving. And I read Luke chapter 10, verses 38 to 42. It said, Now it happened as they went that he, Jesus, entered a certain village, and a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And as she had a sister called Mary, who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was distracted with much serving, and she approached Jesus and said, Lord, Do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore, tell her to help me. And Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things, but one thing is needed, and Mary has chosen that good part, which will not be taken away from her. May the Lord bless the reading and hearing of his word in Jesus' name. Amen. Many a time we talk about giving, and it's important that we give. But I think most of the time we don't talk about receiving, which is also an important part. Um, and I, I, you know, that Geo, by the special grace of God, he, he dealt with a topic in one of the Holy Ghost service. I think the one in December or thereabouts, I can't remember. Uh, where are we now? We're in January now one of the services where we talk about how to receive prophecy, isn't it? Yeah. And, and, and that, that has been ringing in my ears. I say uh, many at times many words have gone out and we found out that some of them, they don't seem to have come to pass in our lives. And w- what I tend to discover is that the fault is not with God. Um, I'm not say the fault is with us, but many at times there are things we should have known that we didn't know. And therefore, the blessing that should have come our way has not come our way. Um, is your day should be balanced. It should be balanced in the giving and should be balanced in the receiving. And I'm talking about receiving consciously. Many times we receive unconsciously. Uh, We just coast on. You know, we receive air, we receive safety. But if we're going to receive the best from God, we must learn the art of receiving. And, And I'm very sure that even if we look at our lives closely, there are a few things that point to the fact that we probably have not learned how to receive very well. Uh, sometimes we don't even know how to receive compliments. You know, sometimes people compliment us, and before we know it, we feel embarrassed, or we start mumbling some cliches. Um, somebody tells you, you are looking very good. Uh, most of the time, you know, I remember in the early days when I first came to the United Kingdom, I-, I used to be embarrassed by that when they say you look good. But I learned that the answer to that is what? Thank you. You no, know, learning to receive compliments. Sometimes, some of us we even struggle to receive gifts when we believe that we should be giving and not receiving. And many at times, God tests us in both ways. He has tested you in giving in time past. Maybe He's testing you receiving now. I went through a period in my life like that. I'm still going through that. That God insists that if you get the best for me, it must be both ways. Hallelujah. So it cuts across Sometimes when people come out for ministration, I discover they don't even know how to receive. You know, they've not been taught. They, they are standing there, they are probably still busy praying. And I said, No, no, it's not time. You have prayed. You are here to what? To receive. And so you should open yourself up to receive. So it, it, it's a bigger topic than we, that we probably think. And it's something that has been playing in my heart. One thing I know about giving is that God gives freely. Amen. In Romans chapter 8, verse 32. Romans chapter 8, verse 32, it tells me clearly that the problem, God, in that chapter when we are badging heaven, God give, give, give. I I think it's sometimes not the best of prayers. It's good. What did he say there? He said, He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us, or how shall he not with him also what? Freely give us all things. And the calculation is this. Jesus, God has given us the best already. Amen? Amen. I'm telling you, job is something small for God compared to giving his son. I'm telling you, health is something very small for God compared to giving his son. And so if someone has given you something big, and you are now fretting and worrying, what I've noticed, maybe the problem is not in giving. Maybe, maybe, maybe the problem is in receiving. And and that that spanned through the scriptures. In John chapter 13, there was an interesting passage there, where Paul the apostle, the typical Paul who was all over the place, John chapter 13, um, beginning from around verse 1, you know, he acted very funny there, and that's probably very much like you, and especially when we think we are doing well in the Lord, when we are coasting, when, you know, we are very spiritual, uh, we are fasting, we are doing vigils, and we are doing everything, and, and we, we get to a point in which we, we probably think that we don't need to stand in the place of receiving, Okay? Um, where do I start to make this quick for us? Um, Let's start from verse 5. The beginning of the story was that Jesus was washing the feet of the disciples. Amen? But in verse 5, after that, Jesus poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel which he was guarding. Then Jesus came to Simon Peter. Listen carefully. And Peter said to him, Lord, are you washing my feet? Exactly saying that. Lord, what are you doing? I mean, you're not going to do that. Jesus answered and said to him, "What I am doing, you do not understand now, but you will know after this." Is that okay? Peter, being Peter, went forward and said, "Verse eight, you shall never wash my feet." Ah, and then the Lord dropped the bomb. Jesus answered him, "If I do not wash your feet, you have no part that. Is if you don't wash your feet, you are out." And then the man's eyes cleared immediately, as we say. verse 9, Samuel Peter said to him, what did he say? (laughs) Very funny, man. And many of us were in the position where God is saying, just chill. Let me pour of myself into you. Let me fill you. Let me fill your heart with joy. Let's leave this matter for one side. Let's do something that is more eternal. And then we keep saying, Lord, no, 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 that's not it. it just, I just want to serve you more. I want to do more. Because, okay, if you are not going to sit down and relax and let me bless you without thinking that it's your own effort that makes you to be blessed, then forget it. You are not part of me. I'm sure many of us, we will roll on the ground and say, Jesus, please do whatever you want to do. I pray that we will have a real hang of this matter of knowing how to receive in Jesus' name. All right? I will just quickly go through maybe four Possible three main ones and the fourth one of the reason why or the position in which many people are, why they don't receive. That is, where are you? Because it's always better to know where you are so that you can come out of there and get to where you want to be. Number one, some people are just closed. They are closed. You know, it's like they try to receive with clenched fists. Um, and we don't even know we are closed. We, 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 we are just, we're just not there to receive. You know, they may be saying all the amens, but their heart is saying no. We may be saying all the, oh, it shall be well. But deep within, we are shaking and quaking. In actual fact, we are not believing it's going to be well. So, people may be closed, and we don't know we are closed. But why are people closed? Number one reason why people are closed, because of past hurts and disappointments. You have prayed many times, you have believed God many times, and it has seemed not to have come to pass. As time goes on, people begins closed. Naturally speaking, you just say, well, this thing doesn't work, so why bother? Number two reason, because of what happens to people around you. It might not be you, you may be doing okay, but you now have a major challenge ahead of you. But you look around and say, this is my own. It's even small compared to that brother that we pray should be you know, healed or whatever. Maybe that person that we thought, God, would do this miracle, I didn't do it. And so that may also be a hindrance for us when we look around us and we're getting worried and concerned that is it truly. It may also be fear of rejection, fear of rejection and fear of disappointment. You know, you don't want to hang yourself out and be disappointed. There are many people that come for prayer. There are many people that, you know, we are praying and deeply within them, they don't want to set a target. The brother was saying that he decided to redraw. Of course, he was disappointed when December line didn't materialize. They decided to redraw the line. Of course, he could have been afraid and said, well, we drew one in December. Who knows? Maybe January 1 won't happen. But he took boldness. And he said, let me draw it again. And since we've been given the liberty, even if January didn't work, you draw February 1. Hallelujah. And through that, the devil says this one cannot be stopped. Because the devil is also looking for weaklings. He's looking for those who are going to quit. And once he senses that I want to quit or you want to quit, he pounces on. He, doesn't, he hasn't got limitless demons, you know. And so the few demons he has, he deploys them to the weakest areas. That's why Peter, Paul, the apostle was saying so well. He said, he said, I was crucified to the world and the world was crucified to me. Somebody gave me that position many years back, maybe 20 years back. He said, what Peter was saying is that I have suffered in the hand of the world. And the world is suffering in my hand. That is, the devil is suffering in my hand. May you be able to say the devil is suffering in your hand. And so we should get to that point in which we ourselves we are pressing hard against the enemy. So that's some of the reasons why we may be close. But how do I actually know I'm close? When you have extreme skepticism. You are very skeptical. John chapter 1 verse 46. John chapter 1, they've been expecting the Messiah, the Messiah didn't come and then Nathanael came along and saw Jesus and you know one of the disciples, Andrew introduced him and said that's Jesus we find it in Messiah. <laughs> The guy lied. He said, where was he from? He said, from Nazareth. He said, can anything good come out of Nazareth? There are many people that are saying, can anything good even come out of their own lives? They were all from Nazareth. They knew. Some of you are saying about your country of bad. Can anything good come out of your country of bad? Because there have been many blank fired. You cannot do that. Amen? We cannot stay in the place of extreme skepticism. Up to the extent that in Matthew chapter uh, 13 verse 58, Matthew 13 verse 58, Jesus could not do miracle in his own town simply because what? Simply because they did not believe him. Now, what that Bible tells me, and this is a major lesson I want to share with everyone, if, you know, a little bit out, but very important. I don't believe that Jesus prayed for people and he didn't get healed. That was not it. Because people used to, you know, use that to say the reason why we pray is because even Jesus did not, no, no, no. If you look at the method by which Jesus Christ our Lord operated, he never Except for once or twice that I've seen him, but of course because he knows nothing in the spirit. He never badged on people. He will wait for people to ask him. Even sometimes when they ask him, he will ask them again, are you sure you are asking for this? You know many people have been disappointed because we have rushed in to help when they are not ready to be helped. And we then have a large pool of people that are not receiving, not because God is not doing it, but because they actually don't want to receive and so it's important for us and you may be in the group i say well don't say that i've been wanting to receive as we go on you will discover that including myself and that i'm not making myself of a different class i'm just saying, everyone in this room i'm talking to myself as i'm talking to you we all have problems with receiving and i pray the lord we open our eyes to know where the problems are so skepticism can creep in. so jesus christ our lord he will wait and in his own town in that matthew chapter 13 the bible says he could not do more because people didn't go to him they were so skeptical of him they saw miracle the next village in his own village they said no may we not miss our blessing because of familiarity because there may be your husband that is anointed you are too familiar with him please submit let him lay and there may be your wife that is already anointed mr husband please submit Let her lay hands upon you. Thank you. And it may be your children that are very well anointed. Don't let familiarity rob you. Some people, because you know, if you if in a place in which everybody moves freely and there's freedom of expression and everything, we may find that closeness to bring content. Don't let it bring content. Many a times, people that lose most, I find that are people that are very close to the source of the anointing. That's why sometimes family members, they lose out. I've taught my own household, and they recognize that. That by the special grace of God, yes, daddy is daddy, but God by his choosing, not because of any righteousness in me, has placed a hand upon him. The husband is husband, but from time to time, he has unction to help in this place, not to live in church. Husband, do that in your own home. Everybody, let, don't let familiarity breed contempt. Departmental leader, you call him name, you rub your hand upon his head, he's got unction upon him. When he calls meeting and he says, everybody lift up here, let me pray for you. Receive on that day. Don't miss your blessing. He say, who is he? After all, I, I was born again 50 years before him. I've been told a long time ago, it's not by age. If by age, Daddy Gio will not be called Daddy Gio. They've been calling him Daddy since age 40. But when he turns 70, he says, Finally, you can, I know I can be called daddy now. You know? Of course, that's the humility that is even thinking that it's not about age. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. And get ready. Our children, they're going to challenge us. I know that for sure. Oh, we're raising children, they're going to challenge us. They will man this pulpit, they will do mighty things Amen. beyond your expectation. Amen. Daddy, don't see that. And I say, I see this small boy. You don't look like a small boy. It's not anointed of the Lord. See this small girl. It's no longer a small girl, it's anointed of the Lord. Is somebody listening to me clearly? So it's very, very important that we put ourselves in a place so that we can receive, and when we receive the Lord, we stretch his hand. So skepticism might be one of the ways you manifest that you actually you are close without you knowing you are close. Another one is that you may have what I call heart mouth disconnect. Heart mouth disconnect. That is, your mouth is is saying all the right words, but you have none of the wills to do what you are saying. Um, Another one is resentment towards those who received and personal redefining of what constitutes success. That's a very funny one. I I repeat myself. Uh, That's number three. Let me take that one. Under how you know that you yourself, you are probably closed. That is, I first say that um, uh, redefining what is success and then, you know, resentment towards those who have received. Uh, many at times, you know, and, and it happens to every one of us. It's, it's human. You know, here again, somebody testified at a job. And deep within me, I'm saying, again, Lord, when is mine? It's natural. It's natural what to do with this what matters amen as long as you're a human being you feel that way it is natural or they say another one you know wedding bell is going to ring i say well there goes again where will be my turn and before we know it we start resenting and probably start thinking that even those that are undeserving are getting it and more more often than not it it is human i say They don't even fast as much as I did. Not as handsome or beautiful as I am. Not as good background, but, you know. And so before we know it, we start resenting people. And that means we we are close to receiving from God because our attentions are taken away from God. But the more important one that I love is when we begin to redefine what success is. Have you seen people before that when they are going for a particular height in life, let's say, whatever it is. Uh, they planned out their life. They want to be solicitor. They want to be queen's counsel or whatever. And suddenly, somewhere along the line, they ended up not being what they wanted to be. And then when people are talking, they say, is he loyal with you? He says, I am now. I'm a big man in my own place where I am. Then we redefine success. You know, you don't need to redefine success. What you need to do is that, thank God for where you are. I'm okay where I am. Or I'm still aspiring to where I am and I will get there in Jesus' name. Even if the Lord gives me another direction, I will be as fulfilled and as happy. It's especially something that you desire a lot when you are growing up. And you don't eventually attain unto it. It could be very, in fact, that is a major area of insecurity for you. When people mention that area, something will jump in you. When you mention that area, you get very defensive. Then you start behaving to project yourself more than you should project yourself. Maybe you believe all your life that you're going to be very wealthy and it has not happened. And when people are throwing money around, you just say, which money? Is it money? Eh, We're all going to heaven. We are. But at the same time, you remember remember a few years back, you were really, really talking about money. Come on, let's get this thing right. So don't redefine success because if you redefine success, you have closed that door already. You are not planning to enter through it anymore. I'm not talking about contentment. We mentioned that on Wednesday. Contentment against what? Complacency. They are different. But as we are contented with where we are, we must not be complacent. Amen? Keep pressing on to where the Lord is leading you. Hallelujah. And so these are some of the things we need to look at so that we do not fall far. All right? So, but how do I open up to receive? Amen? How do I open up to receive? Number one, ask God to heal your wounds and give you hope. And we're going to pray a lot about that this afternoon. Amen? So we're going to pray about that. Many of us are wounded. Many of us, we are turning our anger against even people around. We're talking against pastors, against leaders, against other brothers and sisters in Christ. You know, it's just because we are wounded. But thank God there's a bomb in Gilead. And there will be healing in Jesus' name. Also, how do I open up to receive? After you have discovered that you are probably closed, because if you are closed, you can't receive. Listen over and over again to testimonies. Listen over and over again to testimonies. And that is a very you know, difficult one. We call it negative reinforcement. Sometimes whatever is threatening you, you expose yourself to it. Because some people we are threatened by testimonies, especially in the areas in which you are believing God. It's it, because it's a reminder that I'm not there yet. So best thing to do, we call it negative reinforcement. You just, you know, also, I think they call it a, no, I, I can't remember the word, that's a particular therapy they call it in, in psychology, um, it, not, not ablation, or something like that, you, you, that you, they use it for people like, um, yeah, phobia is good, thank you. You know, so what do Exposure therapy, yes. So you know, you, you, you are afraid of height, and every time, They've been getting time, and I don't like heights as well. I mean, we were doing some work here a few days ago. You know, some people have seen them walking on about fifth floor. No railings around them. And one of our brothers we were working on, our scaffolding, one floor. He said, put extra railing." I said, well, even if I were you, I would say, put two railings. I don't like heights. Now, it's not a real phobia. I mean, I can get in lift. I can fly. Have you seen people that can't fly before? Yeah. yeah. I mean, they, they will hold the chair. So what you do in exposure special therapy is that you then take them to height and say, stay there. And so they will scream. They will probably want to faint. More often than not, they don't. And if they do, you've got equipment around there to resuscitate them. Once they wake up, you say, i are awake. You say, okay, you are still there. <laughs> Some, they bring snakes to them if you're afraid. If it's a spider arachnophobia, you know. I don't know why people are afraid of Spiders. I mean, where I grew up, spider was all over our bedroom, so <laughs> Jesus is Lord. So, different strokes to different folks. And so you expose them. So also, as believers, we might sometimes need to expose ourselves to some of these things. And then that will kill the power of it over our lives. Listen over and over again. Now, to the point you begin to rejoice and see yourself in that testimony. That's how to receive it should be uncomfortable initially, but yeah, it over and over and over and over. And then you see yourself transported into it. It's no longer that testimony becomes your testimony. And as you begin to do that, you see that God is being glorified and you are opening yourself up unto more blessings from the Lord. Number three, take a renewed interest in the scriptures. Very, very important. Amen. John chapter 6, verse 63. The word that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. Romans chapter 10, verse 17. Romans 10, 17. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. Folks, many of us, we don't read Bible. Do you know that? We don't. Oh, I know, I know, I know. You don't read Bible. Many of us, in this room, we don't read Bible. We don't really... Okay, both. We don't read Bible or... or, or, or All of them. We don't read Bible. We don't study Bible. Neither do we meditate or even listen to the word. There's no way anybody can succeed. Whether you are a New Day believer or you are a super duper apostle. The word is the main means of lifting for every one of us. And when you study the word, you find that as time goes on, your spirit is lifted. Oh, there are weeks that when people have talked about, you know, i never got to that bad, but I mean, people have cracked jokes about, you know, um, you, you turn up in church because you are a pastor. You know? And and maybe not there, but there are some weeks I feel so afraid of getting to the week because there are so many things that are stand against me. There are deliverables, you know, from those that are ahead of me. There are all sorts of things that are Decisions need to be made. There are how to walk the tight line between instruction, giving you an act to execute it, and it's also seem daunting. Oh, it could be, and yet I just, I just, I just feel so paralyzed. But by the special grace of God, He has started teaching me that when you get to that point, lead me to the rock that is higher than I, and that rock is Jesus. I go into the world and I just listen. Most of the time, I can't, I can't study it. It's just, it's just your your mind is too frazzled and, and too all over the place. So what do you do? Just listen. And you will have read about five chapters. I probably got only two lines there, but the word is going in. It's better than listening to some rock music on on not sound. It's better than listening to some dirty joke somewhere. Hallelujah. So please, that's very very important. Number one, we said some people are closed. Amen. Number two, some people are not close. They are just clumsy to receive. They are clumsy. And how do people receive clumsily? You know, a child that you want to put something in the hand, because the child is not strained, his hand is all over the place. And and, and there are a few examples of people in the scripture who are clumsy. Disciples in Matthew chapter 17, because of our time, I just uh, explained the story to you. Jesus went on to the Mount of Transfiguration. He came back, and these disciples, they genuinely, they were not close. They want to receive power. They want to walk in the spirit of God. But for some strange reason, they didn't know how to flow in the spirit. And so they were just doing it their own way. They were just, you know, trying to get it right and... So Jesus Christ came onto them and he said, Well, this is not how to deal with this kind of demon. If you want to deal with this kind of demon, you must live a life of fasting and praying. And praise God. By the time Jesus Christ left, because at that time they were not fasting and praying, you remember? Some Pharisees they came to Jesus and said, Your disciples are not fasting. So actually, those guys were not fasting. So Jesus told you, I said, Well, word is one thing self. Development of your spirit is another thing. Some of our spirits are very weak. Very weak spirits. You know, fasting strengthens our spirit. Some, if, if even just a smile, we say, hi there, we run. But when you fast, you start the body and the spirit is developed. Fasting and praying, they tend to go together, but they don't have to go together. Uh, it might be opportunity since we are going to fasting to tell you one or two things about fasting. Fasting you can fast, and you can coach me about this, you can actually fast without praying much, and you still get results. Because when the Hebrews fasted, in the book of Esther, the Bible didn't tell us they were praying. They just fasted, they denied themselves, they were in deep meditative mode, and through that, the Spirit of God connected to their spirit, released power through them, and they became a threat unto people around them. So there are times, especially to be very honest with you, where you go on prolonged fast anything more than seven days, prayer is very, very feeble. Prayer got reduced to Father, have mercy. <laughs> That's what prayer got reduced to. The pacing up and down and sweating is out of the table because fasting is what is now working. Are you following what I'm saying now? So maybe, we've been given the option this time around that if you think that you need more fasting than praying this particular season, you have the very simple option of fasting for 20 days continuous, with only water, and some fluid. And then you don't need to waste your time doing 40 with us. If you do that, you will come out. oh, you can have a lot of mishmash. I do that a lot. Because by the time I will have to do 20, I probably will not be very useful coming here to minister to you. I will not be. If it's only to just come here and the Lord was gracious and fill me with extra anointing and I just say, in Jesus' name, be healed, maybe. But if you want to hear what word, which we need to be healed and delivered, I will need to eat within those 20 days. <laughs> and so, to mix, make both work together, to have the intensity of fasting, at the same time, have the intensity of prayer, then you can do Three days continuous. And then you break again. But you're not going to, that one does not enter register. You still do 40. I hope you know. <laughs> it's for those. And then you probably say, okay, I didn't do seven days. There's liberty in all these things. You are the one that you know where you are going. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You are the one, you know what is biting you. When people are eating and drinking, their problem is not as big as yours. But you know what is chasing you. And well, you know what is chasing you, better apply what you need to apply. So sometimes clumsiness in knowing what to do may stop us from receiving. We want to do it, but we don't know what to do. There's another example of Peter, who was clumsy in the, t- in the sense that they asked him in Luke chapter 5, verses 1 to 11. Jesus Christ just finished using his boat, and Jesus being a very gracious, he never holds anybody, you know. That's why when you serve you don't waste your time. Lord, and I've been serving you. Everyone are just laughing. You think God is going to hold you. He doesn't owe anybody. If you serve him, he will pay you back. It might not be immediate, but he will pay you. I am mean, a me witness to that. He will pay you one way or another. It might not be material, but he will pay you back. It might be ten generations down the line that they will say, what did our father do? What our great, great, great father did that we are enjoying now? Some of us are suffering what our great, great, great phobias did and he's asked to change on your head. Amen. God does not work with that table of man. And so Jesus was going to pay Peter back. So he decided to say, Peter, I'm going to give you fish. Okay? You've given me your boat, I'll give you fish. The rule is that give God what um, you give God what he needs so that he may give you what you, how do we say it now? Uh, so that God can give you what you cannot get for yourself, exactly. All right? Give God out of what you can afford so that he can give you what you cannot afford or get for yourself. You've got time, give God. You can't heal yourself. If you've got money, give God. It's not butter. No, we're not talking about butter here. But that is it. God always tests you with what you have. So, anyway, to cut the long story short, at that moment, Peter gave the boat unto Jesus. And Jesus Christ said very clearly, Go to verse 4 for me, please. Luke chapter 10, verse 4. Let's read that together. That may help. When he had stopped speaking, Jesus that was, he said to Simon, Launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. You've heard that before, okay? But Simon answered and said to him, Master, we have toiled all night. Jesus was saying, I want to give you something. Receive, wasn't it? Peter, instead of receiving, what was he doing? He was complaining. All right? Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, good guy, at your word, I will lay down the net. Before you go and leave it there, what does that tell you? When this guy was saying that to Jesus? Jesus said, let down your net. And this man said, well, we toiled all night. Well, nevertheless, what? What does that mean to anybody? Was he expectant? No, it was not expectant. It's I say, so that I can make you happy. And yeah. I can make you happy. Come for a prayer at 5 p.m. Look, we've done this 5 p.m. prayer so much. If I don't turn up, they will be calling me. Let me just go. But you know, God is so merciful. Despite of you coming grudgingly, you will still bless. <laughs> because in verse 6, what happened? And when they had done this, They did what? Caught a great number of fish and their net was breaking. You had that said before? Let down your... He let down his... Because he was not believing and expecting anything. And that blessing nearly sank him. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them and they came. Part of receiving is absolute obedience. You must learn to obey when God says, don't phone, don't phone. When God says, don't write that application, don't write it, that is means you must learn to hear God. It's very, very important because things, they can affect one another in the way that we don't expect. You can take that off the screen. Hallelujah. So people can be, Peter was clumsy. I've got two or three other examples. We leave that because of our time. But that's what it means to be clumsy. Clumsiness can come in form of you not know what to do. You can come in poor preparation or not hearing God clearly and um, Many more like that. Focus another one. Let me just add that one to you. Focus it. now was a man, person like that. And that can be very real in our time. I know many people who are begrudging men of God. They are just begrudging. When they talk, you know, they have an angst against God. And since they can't see God and they can't tell God to his face, they pick up the closest friend of God. And they really, they really take it out on them. I mean, I've seen people that have really, really dressed me down. But because God has told me before that it's not you if Jesus Christ even says somewhere else, he said, if they reject you, it's not you they've rejected. Whom have they rejected? He said, him, Jesus. And those that reject Jesus, whom have they rejected? God that sent him. So many at times, circumstances can come in which we find ourselves actually resenting or fighting those that God. Hannah was a good example. Remember her. There she was, a backsliding old man, Still carrying the anointing, the power, the authority, but things were not very okay with Papa. And so suddenly, the woman was praying, and the man could not discern that this woman was in anguish of soul, and accused her of four things, of being drunk. Switch it over, make it fountain of love. You are here, 10 a.m. in the morning, everybody's gone to work. And you are praying and pouncing and making so much you noise know, up and down. And pastor comes in and I say, I was wrong with you. Why are you shouting like that? I hope you've not started drinking a little. I won't ask you. How many will come back next Sunday? <laughs> oh, Hannah was different. She explained calmly. That's why when God does miracles, search deeply. There are things that people get right. This prayer for you, I answer a good Amen. When your test comes, may heaven help you to pass it, yeah. because everyone will be tested. And the woman, out of everything, she has been troubled by Penina at home. The what they call the second wife, you know, the deriver, being troubled by that one at told. The husband could not help, and here she was. Even being struck with the final hammer. What did the woman do? She kept her focus. She said, I'm not drunk. I'm only praying. And the man of God, despite all the prayer that she prayed, it was the pronouncement of Eli that brought that child. And the man of God said, Go. May the Lord God of Israel answer your prayer. He said six months later, nine months later, she came back with that baby to to report that she has had the baby. Eventually brought the child to God. What I'm saying is that please don't lose your focus. Amen. 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 Don't lose your focus because of a brother, because of a sister, because of a pastor, because of a deacon. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Amen? Amen. It's a clumsy way to receive. When your hand is there and your eyes are all over the place, that's a clumsy way to receive. Number three, you are not, the person may not be close, it may not be clumsy, but the person will be confused. May be confused. And confusion is very rife in the church. Very, very rife. I come across it all the time in my life, in your lives, I hear about it. What is confusion? Confusion means there are conflicting statements and paradise by which we are running. For instance, God heals everybody. Some will say God does not heal everybody. God, some say God heals all diseases. Some say he does not. And so people are confused. And so they don't even know how to stand in the place to receive. They are open. They want to receive. Amen. They are not clumsy because for some reason, clumsies that you have stepped up. But when you are confused, you are transfused, you are not moving. We stop praying. We stop trying to even reach out unto God. And when we're in the confused state, it is a very painful state to be. And the simple answer to confused state is simple. Stop looking around. It is a personal thing between you and God. Don't solve the problem of the world. Those unbelievers outside there, they give the same excuse that we give in the church. What is the excuse? I'm not following Jesus because there are children in the world that have got issues. You've heard of that before. I'm not following God because why should a little child, you know, have, you know, a curable disease and the child die? If God is God, why didn't he stop it? Now, has that stopped you from being a believer? Has that stopped you from being a believer? No. Now, it has not stopped stop. But there's also a small version of it that stops us from receiving without us knowing. That is that I look over my shoulder and I find out that some problems are not resolved. What is going on? And I'm now confused. In my own case, I'm not leaving God, but the thing is that I'm not open to receive from God. In my own case, I'm confused to whether to go forward, or go. To keep praying or stop praying. I then get transfixed. And so, what do I need when I'm, trying, when I'm confused? Confusion, the only solution to confusion was what Jesus told Peter in John chapter 21, towards the end, when he said, you follow me. It's a personal walk. And if you are walking with the Lord personally, and not basing it on what happens to your next door neighbor, even when you are waiting, you will have peace. But it has to be personal. Hallelujah. Very quickly, how do we receive correctly? How do we receive correctly? Number one, remember that above all things, our lives is predicated on heaven speak. What I call heaven speak, and you must understand how heaven speak. This month is a month of joy. What does that mean in heavenly language? It means that this month if anything wants to bring sorrow your way, reject it. But that does not mean that every moment you wake up without that joy will not be threatened. Did you understand it now? Heaven speak is not that joy will not be threatened. When he said this month of joy, there's God he say, hold on to it. As long as I'm God and I'm faithful to my word, and you stay with me this month, no matter what you come across, you should not sorrow. That is what that's heaven speak. You must understand. And in Joshua chapter 1, verse 5, and Moses said unto Joshua, he said, be strong and be courageous. What was he saying? He said, for you we divide the land unto the No man shall be able to stand before you. Go to verse 8 for me. Go to verse 8 for me quickly. He said, verse 8. Um, go to seven. 7. I saw you to 7. And then we, okay. Only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from me from the right hand or to the left hand that you may prosper wherever you go. Be strong. He repeated it in that chapter one about four times. Be strong and very courageous. Be strong. And.... Why was he say, telling him that? Because he knew that things would come that would weaken him. Many are times when God says, and many of us we understood that already, we knew that last year the Lord said years of peace and strength. Oh, many things threatened our peace. Many things threatened us, in fact, weakened us. But God is say, in the midst of it, remember, you are not supposed to be weak. Because for some reason, I promise you strength. So this month, will the enemy try to rob you of your sorrow, of your, of your, let him rob us of our sorrow anyway. Will he rob you of your joy? He will try. But God has promised that you will retain your joy. Amen. And in that joy, we shall move in Jesus' name. Amen. Just a few lines, and then we will rise up and pray. Hallelujah. Okay, so we're starting the year, and we are insisting that we are being taught how to receive. And receive we shall in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, I make four statements here quickly, and I'll conclude with that. Let this be certain in your, heart, in your hearts. Number one, God is able, his word says so. Let everything stand upon that. God is able because his word says so. On top of that foundation, put this next layer of bricks. God is not finished with me yet because I am still here. God is not finished with me yet because I am still, irrespective of how you feel. Number three, God will uphold me while I wait. He held me thus far. And that you're waiting maybe one day. It may be a few minutes. When we say waiting, thank you, Jesus. We're quick, but he will uphold you. Finally, I will, therefore, that will be your concluding statement, stay open, stay alert, and be on the watch out till my change comes. Because George chapter 14 verse 14 says that I will wait until my change comes. He has promised he will do it. And every part of scripture is screaming at you to say that God's plan and purposes shall be fulfilled in our lives. This year, without any doubt, will be a glorious year. I can't stop saying it. I'm excited about it. It will be a wonderful year. Even if you don't hear me say it down the line again, don't forget that word. It will be, but will you receive that word? Will you be open to receive that word so that I can be glorious here? Yeah. Rise on your feet with me. We have just a few minutes to pray and then we, we give the Sunday collection and then we move on. Praise the name of the Lord. You shall triumph. You shall be in control of situation in the name of Jesus. Life circumstances will not control you. You will be above and not beneath. His promises shall come to pass in our lives. He has promised he will never fail. Don't hear that word that he's saying, that's what they said before. Everyone that received miracle in the Bible, they had that. But the difference between those that receive and do receive is that they ignore that. Everyone will hear it. Everyone will hear it. Oh, here we go again. But because God has said so, we will not deter or we will be stopped from saying it. Because I know you will laugh a lot this year. You will Some of us, it's been a long time we had a real hearty laugh. In fact, even when we talk like this in church, your eyes are rolling because you say, what is is funny? But very, very soon, your heart will brim over with joy. I want us to pray this afternoon. And the first prayer I would like us to pray is that wheresoever we are closed, because we are hurting, let there be healing. Amen. Whatsoever area we feel that we have not attained simply because life has thrown so much against us, Lord, heal me today. Amen. Heal us today, oh Amen. God. Lift up your voices and let's plead unto the Lord. Ask Him to search deep into you. Many a times you may not even know you are wounded there. You may not know. You may not know. <laughs> You know, these are deep internal wounds that you may not even be aware. And no psychologist can unearth it. No evil Christian counselor may be able to unearth it except the Holy Spirit that will reveal unto you that you are carrying a long-term hurt in your heart. You are carrying a long-term wound. But if you say, Lord, search it out. Heal me deep on the inside. It will heal. And our story will never remain the same. Ask that the Lord will heal you. Has that the Lord will heal you this afternoon? Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Let's take two more prayer and I'll just make some declaration over us as the Lord will lead. Turn to Psalm 42, verse 11, please. And then we'll probably take a prayer from there. Psalm 42, verse 11. Why are you cast down on my soul? And why are you disquieted within me? Hope in God, for I shall yet praise him. Somebody say, I shall yet praise him. The help of my countenance and my God. You're going to talk to yourself, amen? Why are you cast down? Why are you cast down on my soul? Yes, I'm thanking God for my salvation, but there are many things that are weighing me down. And why are you disquieted within me? My soul, hope in God, for I shall hear praise Him. Is the help of my countenance and is my God. Look at those verse, that verse on the on the screen. Look at the writings there, and turn that to your own prayer. Turn that to your own prayer. I shall yet praise Him in the name of Jesus. My story is not over yet. In my ministry, in my family, in the life of my brethren, I shall yet praise God. I am coming back to praise Him. I shall yet praise Him. Bring your prayer to a close. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Thank you, Father. Lord, we are yours, and we have nowhere else to go. We are grateful because your promises, they are yes and amen in Christ. We stand before your holy throne, this afternoon. And we ask, Lord, that we heal every aspect of our lives where we are hurting. We pray, Lord, that the areas where the enemy seems to oppress us down, this afternoon, our heads shall be lifted again. Where we feel discouraged, we receive encouragement. Amen. Your promise is that this is a glorious year. Irrespective of what the enemy is throwing at us, it is a wonderful year. This month is our month of joy. That's why I decree and declare over you, sorrow shall be far from you. No matter what the enemy tries. It shall be so temporary that before you open your eyes, every form of sorrow will have disappeared in the name of Jesus. These very months, the work of restoration shall begin in your life. All the things you have lost, the Lord will begin to return them to you. And his name shall be glorified in your life. Every power that has either resisted you, let them be broken right now in the name of the Lord Jesus. One more time I decree, you will not sorrow. One more time I pronounce over you, you will jump up for joy. In the name of the Lord Jesus. And every demonic power that is sitting upon anyone, operating remotely, and causing unsettling in our heart, I resist you and I break your power in the name of the Lord Jesus. That person that is having inexplicable low mood—you can't explain it. The Lord God of Heaven and Earth causes His light to so shine upon your darkness right now. Darkness, flee! light coming in the name of the Lord Jesus the word of the Lord says it is me God who brought you out of Egypt he said open your mouth wide and I will fill it all you children of God as you open your mouth unto the Lord He will fill you with abundance in the name of the Lord Jesus I say your mouth shall be filled in the name of the Lord Jesus Filled with the word of life, filled with testimonies, filled with good things that shall flow out of your belly in the name of the Lord Jesus. Oh, you that are hungry, hungry for children, hungry for marital blessing, hungry in finance, hungry above all in spiritual things, receive infilling right now in the name of Jesus. No more lack in our lives. In the abundance of God in our lives, Christ is glorified. And so beginning from this afternoon, everyone who came in here weighed down by one circumstance or another. Let every weight over your life be lifted in the name of Jesus. I command that you be loosed. A woman was banned for 38 years. And the Lord came around. He said, is it not right to lose this child or daughter of Abraham that has been banned this many years? In the name that's above all names, I command you, be loose right now. I say, let that child be loose right now. Let that child be loose right now. If the son shall make you free, you will be free indeed. No more bondage no more bondage. You shall be bound no more. With one voice we say, in the name of Jesus, I am free. free. No power of the enemy shall dominate my life. From this moment, I am in dominion over the forces of hell, over the forces of darkness, When I wake up in the morning, I shall dominate. When I go to bed, I shall go to bed in dominion. Because my father has given me dominion over every circumstance. Life issues, I am above you. You are not above me. In the name of Jesus. One more time, life issues, I am above you. you are not above me in the name of the Lord Jesus the yoke is broken and I am free capo santaria it says that the snare is broken and we are free I command in the name of Jesus every snare be broken right now in the name of the Lord Jesus. And from this moment you are free to receive right now. You are no longer close. You are no longer clumsy. No more confusion. Let there be a deluge of heavenly blessing into your life in the name of Jesus. Right now be swimming in the blessing of the Lord. Be living in the blessing of the Lord. As the master, not said blessed are. He ordained us to be blessed. Say, blessed are they that are called, that are meek. Blessed are these. Are in the name of Jesus, you are blessed. I stand on the word of God that commanded to be blessed. I say, you are blessed in the morning. The Bible says, and Jesus entered the room, and he breathed upon them, and he said, peace be upon you, be blessed. In the name of Jesus, the Holy Spirit is here, breathing upon you, say peace, 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 peace be upon you. The yoke is broken. I say one more time. The snare is broken. In the name of the Lord Jesus, Before the end of this week, you will hear a good report. You are positioned yourself to receive right now. The Holy Spirit is working upon your souls right now. You are not the person that came in here in the name of Jesus. Because your testimony shall draw souls unto Jesus. Because your testimony shall enhance your ministry for him. Therefore, before the end of this week, you will hear a good news. And many shall rejoice with you in the name of the Lord Jesus. Thank you, Rock of Ages. From now onward, anyone that sees you and wants to trouble you, automatically they will be troubled themselves. The apostle said, let no man trouble me because I bear on my body, mark of Jesus. As long as you know Jesus as a Lord and Savior in this room, let that mark of the Lamb be upon your head right now. Everybody lift your hands to the heavens. Oh, I wish I can lift my both. Lord, the other one, I lift it, as well. Receive it. Everyone in this room, let the cloak of favor, let the garment of favor From our father in heaven, drop upon you now. Now receive the garment of favor, receive the garment of favor, and by the virtue of that garment of favor, blessings will be seeking after you, evil will be very far from you, sin shall not have dominion over you. Be clothed in the name of the Lord Jesus. And that garment shall never be removed in your life. Your master worked in favor. His apostles worked in favor. You from today, you must work in favor. By the spirit of Jehovah, I enforce that word in our lives. And very soon, we shall be a group of people marked out Amen. for the glory of God. Amen. Seal it. As you now say, you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, called out, called out, called out, called out, that we may declare, that we may declare his praise. Next Sunday, come back and declare his praise. And let Jehovah be glorified in you. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Give You all honour and glory, Jesus, mighty Lord. We pray. For more information on what you've heard, please visit our website at www.fountainoflove.org.uk. You'll also find other media presentations available to you. Stay blessed in Christ Jesus. Amen.